Welcome back to NC Realtors Redefine, the NC Realtors podcast. On this episode of Redefine, from our Mobile Monday series on Facebook, Adam Upchurch interviews the first African-American president in NC Realtors history, Wendell Bullard, about the personal and professional challenges of his career and some of the initiatives that NC Realtors currently has in place to combat discrimination. And NC Realtors Global Network Chair, Tony Harrington and Vice Chair Jason Gentry discuss the 2021 C5 Commercial Summit and the future of real estate development. But first, do you have feedback on a story or topic that you'd like to hear covered on this podcast? Then give NC Realtors Redefine a call at 336-550-4437. When leaving your voicemail, be sure to tell us your name and where you're from. Your comments may be used on a future episode of NC Realtors Redefined. Excited to be here and to be joined by Wendell Bullard from Durham. Thank you to Wendell. This man is normally double, triple booked, but today he has uh, agreed to join us for this. Um, and for those of you that do not know Wendell, Wendell is former president of Durham, North Carolina, as well as our state. He serves on our national level as well. And um, Wendell is never one to uh, shy away from a challenge. Um, I, I, I know he's got a lot of people that support him and Sheila Willis is one of his biggest uh, advocates. And um, she has shared with me that, you know, during Wendell, during your presidency, you met a lot of different challenges being the first African-American president of not only Durham, but of the state, but that when you were there in Durham, you were met with challenges of trying to figure out uh, how, what to do for that next step for Durham to try to strengthen it. And one of those things was opening the new office which is the office they use today. And um, I understood from her that you were met with a good amount of resistance at times from some of the membership, but that uh, with your diplomacy and being able to weather the storm, uh, you were able to get them stronger and better for that membership here today. Um, So with that, we're going to feed into some of the questions. um, And I'm gonna give Wendell just a moment before we get started to uh, introduce himself as well. Thank you for having me here. Again, I'm Wendell Bullard. I'm the broker owner of Bullard Properties. I've been in real estate. Um, be actually 26 years, October 17th. And I started my career with being Prudential Carolina's Realty under the tutelage of Ms. Tracy Getz, uh, who's both been a mentor and long-term friend. And I formed Bullard Properties in 2000 and then co-owned a Realty Executives franchise with my business partner, Mr. Preston Edwards, who's also a realtor. And I do uh, residential real estate, but have moved over to commercial as the years have come before me. And I've learned a tremendous amount through in, in this venture. So I do list and sell property every day. And I currently serve as chair through my peers to be elected as chair of the North Carolina Real Estate Commission with my first chairmanship role uh, taking place August 1st. It's a three-year appointment by the governor, and my term will be up as chair in July of next year. So I'm excited to work with so many past leaders, current friends, and I'm enjoying and learning a tremendous amount. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I, I got to tell you, the first time I ever had the opportunity to speak with Wendell, I, I mean, we were literally on the phone for 80 minutes. I, I mean, I, I had never even spoken with you. And it was like just talking to somebody I known my whole life. And that's that's the way Wendell is. Um, and I'm just thankful to be able to uh, to call him a friend and be able to, to do this interview and have more people learn about uh, what you've done and how you've paved the way. So um, with that, uh, I'll go ahead into this first question here. Um, it's been almost 15 years since you began your role as president uh, for the NC Realtors. Uh, can you briefly describe what it was like to be the first African-American president elected to that position? That's a really good question, and thank you for asking. It was a it was really an honor and a privilege to be elected by one's peers to serve in such an important role. I had a lot of encouragement, a lot of guidance, a lot of just close support because, as I've been told by friends, you don't know what to expect. You can lay out your plans, but also the challenges will meet you. And, of course, we had in 2008 the housing market and mortgage market collapse along with the economic challenges the country had not seen in many, many decades. I did speak with my business partner, my office colleagues, and friends and family to say, this is what we've been faced with. But then I took the next step and spoke with NC, at that time, NCR's leadership team, our CEO executive committee, to look at what our strategic plan and what our focus had to be. We had a lot of challenges facing us. We had 45,000 members, and we saw a precipitous drop in that number of membership, which hit our, hit our budget. But we also took the steps to look out in the future. And that was the same time in which we imposed a, a one-time $50 assessment on the membership, which was met with tremendous amount of resistance because of, we were the voice of real estate, but our war chest had been diminished. We were, we were impacted severely. So that took the entire executive committee, the chair, Mr. Luke Baldwin, and so many people around us, past presidents, to say, let's make sure we strengthen our organization and do our role. So 2008 was met with challenge after challenge, but thanks to so many close people around me who gave me wisdom and time and to keep the ship upright. That was how I was able to make it through, and I'll be forever in there. That's great, and you know, as a as a former president myself, I completely understand. You got to surround yourself with people that are not just going to be yes people, people that are going to challenge you and are going to be able to help you uh, take that next step and benefit your entire membership. A lot of times, it is met with a lot of resistance. And uh, I'm sure that that was uh, definitely a challenge in many different capacities for you in that role. So, um, like I said, I know I've talked to Sheila many times. Uh, and like I said, she's the biggest cheerleader for you. And uh, I know she constantly talks about just how, how eloquent you are with the way you speak and how you're able to work with so many different individuals in so many different ways. And uh, that's a testament to, your, to, to the way you are. So, um, thank you for your answer for that. Um, so heading into this second question, um, we saw 85 years pass before um, our members elected you to be our first African-American president at the state level. Uh, it took just 12 years before we saw Asa Fleming step into that same role. Can you tell us uh, how that made you feel 
and if it appears to be the progress you were really hoping to see in the years after your presidency? That brought me so much joy internally. I was, and Ace and I developed a friendship many, many years ago, actually going back to around 2005. So we had spent time together. We talked, we still talk about every step that we take. We, we, I shared with him what the experiences were like for me, both personally, professionally, the, the, the amount of support that I got, been able to draw upon that past leadership that core group of people, as he talks about, and being intentional with listening because there'll be so much external noise. And during the journey, the challenges of what it takes when you're running your business, you have your family, you have to, one of my friends would say, look in the mirror and look at your core. One of my leadership classmates and one of my fellow commissioners, now, and I'll call her out, my name is Cindy Chandler, and also Ms. Patrice Willis would say, look at your core. And I've had friends like Mr. Anthony Nance and Mr. Danny Brock. I'll call the names. I want to miss some people. But they were there to, to catch you. To, and so my role was to be there to talk to my friend Asa. He got his core people. And I was so happy for him to watch him. But I also knew the challenges. Asa is a thinker. He's his own person. He listens. He works well with people. And we also were able to just share ideas that he's, he gives me advice. And so I was extremely happy for him. And we're all prayerful men. So we pray for wisdom, guidance, and strength to help us have our steps be ordered and to also know that we need to lean on others to help us. So I was so happy to watch Asa. He's done a superb job as president, and he's continued to raise the bar through RPAC through his liaison role this year. So I am so proud of everything he's done. And he's made a major footprint um, in his leadership role. Yeah, Asa is an amazing individual and and just credit to him for accomplishing so much just in the short amount of time he had as well. Uh, we're very, very fortunate to have had him serve. It is no small feat to operate for almost 26 years in this industry. Um, over the course of that illustrious career, uh, you and I have spoken about a number of challenging situations uh, you've been faced with both personally and professionally. Are you able to share an example or two where you were met with uh, disappointing realities about the public and in some cases, even our co colleagues? And I think anything you're able to share will help others uh, feel more confident hearing how you may be handled the situation yourself. Yeah, Adam, this question caused me to have some reflection and internal reflection, reflection. And I remember one thing I looked at is my situational awareness of any audience, business meeting, and task requires me to focus on my duties and objectives. So what, what and how I articulate my responses determine they're going to be received. So one thing as an American living um, with the lineage of African descent, my physical presence is going to speak for itself. So subsequently, I went to a, one of the meetings and I overheard a conversation out of earshot, but within my earshot, when it stated that, well, I guess with him being the first African-American president, you'll have to hear that all year. And it hurt. And it went down inside. And I said to myself, I'll make purposely, I'll make sure that I don't speak about that in any capacity, period, and focus on the task at hand. And that's what became my focus was to just focus on our issues. 
because of the source of how it made me feel, it made me go back to being a military veteran in the United States Air Force. And we were always taught to plan, execute, and then debrief the mission. Focus on the mission, ask for help, and being a student while serving leadership and developing a core group of people. That issue stuck with me. And of course, traveling to different parts of the state, I had to be cognizant of where I was. I went to one board meeting and the and lady spoke to me that morning and said, oh, good morning. You are our, you are the, our first black president. <laughs> and I thought I said, yes, good morning. I'm glad to meet you as well. So I was always cognizant of my presence and how it would reflect. So I had to make sure that engaging my fellow realtors, I'm a realtor, but also as American, to always enjoy the opportunity. Our CEO said, enjoy the ride, have fun. And he was always there to support me, just like with Sheila. So it was at those moments I referred to Ms. Sandra O'Connor as a very good friend. I would go to and say, you know, I'm feeling a kind of certain way. What do you think about it? And they always were there to uplift me, Mr. Tom Litchfield. So many people I can call names. If I felt it, they would say, dismiss it, it'll roll off your back and keep on moving. So they challenged me to focus on the mission. That's great. It is no secret that on a national level, the real estate profession still has a long way to go in providing adequate support and an increase in opportunities for our minority members. You've had the opportunity to serve on the national level uh, and have worked towards strengthening these efforts. Can you tell us a little bit about that and where you're seeing a positive shift in the right direction? Uh, this, is, this is really, really, we're making good progress. I have the honor to serve as 2017, a real department committee, President and when I look back at this question, these are names that come to mind. Uh, Mr. Steve Brown, Elizabeth Mendenhall, Leo Brown, Fred Underwood, Charlie Opler, Vince Malta, John Slaby. When I think about the presence that we've had and their focus on this, which is intentional, they lead, they leaned into this. Look at the committee appointments, look at the committee structure. And it's across the spectrum of all of our various ethnic and cultural groups I am glad to see that we're making this traction in a country with 320 plus million people, 1.5 million realtors, and yet we only represent something like 6%. Well, this is an industry of perseverance. And so our national leadership has stepped into this to make sure that our industry is represented with our committees, our people that the public can look to to know they're going to have their best interest. So I'm excited about that. President Opler has been focused and intentional, as you know, and it takes that type of leadership who will step into it and then get the support because it takes all of us. It takes all of us. So I'm excited about that. I know there's much more to come. I'm excited about the new leaders coming up from across the board, both generational, gender, and cultural diversity. And it takes what this committee is doing at the local, state, and national level to make us aspirational, but to make us better and push us all. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. I, and that's all great information. And again, hearing it from top down always makes a difference. Uh, you know, we have, we have so many people that try to drive from the ground up and that's, that's always wonderful. But when we have leaders that step up and are willing to 
speak out and support. I mean, th there's nothing more that can be more valuable than that to help support the people that are fighting. So um, that is fantastic. And on that note of what you mentioned with Charlie Oppler leads us into our, our next question. Um, and that is uh, you've had the opportunity to work alongside our 2021 national president, Charlie Oppler. Um, he has had, he has made a concerted effort uh, this year to challenge each of us to expand our way of thinking uh, when it comes to DEI. Um, can you share your thoughts on these efforts along with him identifying opportunity zones across the country, including your neck of the woods uh, in the Raleigh-Durham area? Yes, uh, President Alpha and I spoke last summer and he spoke about my alma mater, NCCU, because Charlie's a big sports fan. And Charlie talked about wanting to see diversity and mentorship for a cross-section of people so that he wants to say, he said, Wendell, I want to just keep it simple. I want to see the diverse communities be able to generate wealth from what it has to offer. He said, real estate practitioners are best positioned to educate, train, and teach others about what this industry has been so good to so many people. He said, we protect every part of the country. And let's look at nine opportunity zones. He looked at the diversity of our realtor membership in this area. The universities that we have, such as NCCU, Duke, Carolina State, and look at the just the sheer amount of people on military basis. He said, and the size of our state. He said, we have a tremendous opportunity to take the realtors to help mentor our replacement, teach people why we are doing this. And he has a commitment to that. And that was 2020 during a pandemic, start of a pandemic. So you know he has a macro view, he's leading with his heart. He's focused on it and made his commitment, and I'm honored to have worked with him. I've gotten leadership and tools advice from Charlie, and he helps us. He really is committed to this. For the rest of this presentation, and to get exclusive NC Realtors content, join the NC Realtors Mobile Mondays group on Facebook. Hey NC Realtors, it's Tony Harrington, your chair of the North Carolina Realtors Global Network and today we are with Jason Gentry, your vice chair of the Global Network and you are also the 2018 past president for Canopy. That's right. And um, we're here in New York City attending the National Association of Realtors C5 Commercial Summit and it has been a great experience here. We're representing North Carolina and marketing North Carolina to other commercial practitioners and investors. Um, so, Jason, your previous career or part of what you have done in the past has been an architect. That's right. And so how do you feel, based on the information that we've gotten since we've been here, is relatable to what you've done and what's been sure. intriguing about being an architect and hearing some of the concepts? Yeah, no, that's a great question. But first I want to say New York is alive and well, folks. Like, it has been so nice being back in the city and having the energy here. I mean, New York is just a place in itself. So it's really nice having that energy and being at a conference. This is my first conference since COVID started. Um, so it's just been really nice getting the uh, camaraderie going again and, and networking, uh, just uh, being with that energy. So I and we've been masked. Point that out, absolutely. And we've masked. had our vaccine cards and We're we've had to show them. We're all vaccinated, of course, absolutely. We're banded, so we know everybody knows that we've got our, you know. Following the protocols, keeping things safe, but uh, certainly taking opportunities to network and make relationships, which is always so important. 
Um, but back to the architecture part of it, you know, this has been a really great conference. I think the, uh, the different programs and sessions that they've had have really brought in a broad spectrum of ideas. Um, you know, they've definitely touched on diversity, which is always nice mm -hmm. to see. That's a big portion a, of diversity. Absolutely, it's become a big part of the conversation for everyone these days. So that's been really intriguing. Um, sustainability, architecture, development, all of these things tie so closely together. I mean, we're seeing what's happening out west with the wildfires, the hurricanes that we've been having lately. This is all at the forefront of a, any commercial practitioner's mindset right now. How can we develop in a way that's going to be more sustainable but there's also the ROI part of that conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, a lot of the conversation yesterday was about how doing these features, they might cost a little more upfront, but they end up paying for themselves because those buildings end up being more valuable and more healthy spaces. So that's always really intriguing to hear, and uh, it's good that it's at the forefront of people's minds and their logic right. about how they're thinking about future developments. It's interesting, yesterday, and some of this, the speakers that were talking were actually talking about restrictions in some communities and areas like New York City, Absolutely. where they're trying to get to this you know, zero net impact, um, and they're trying to accomplish it between before 2013 and 2050. Right. which is a big deal. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of work to be done. Um, you know, I think the, one of the gentlemen said yesterday that uh, technology is going to be the way that we get there, right? There was a conversation of, is it consumer demand? Is that going to create that opportunity? Is it the technology or is it government restrictions that are going to cause that to happen? And the truth of the matter is it's all three. You know, we, we have to step up and demand what we want our economy and our environment to be like. So it's all of it. Well, great value of what we've seen and experienced while we've been here in New York. Jason, thank you. Thank you so much. And we look forward to continuing representing you as NC Realtors, and we look forward to seeing you when we get back home. Make sure you put this on your agenda for next year. It's a great conference. We want to see you guys here. We want, we want you here engaging with us. We need you, so come on up. See you soon. Be sure to catch up on every episode of NC Realtors Redefine by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud. 